All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos, 877-37-GRIND is your number, or 877-374-7463. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. Um, keeping it moving and switching gears to the national football scene. Uh, but, uh, yeah, shots out to Otani. Also, 162-0 and is still in effect. The Rays moved to 11-0 and after defeating, I believe it was the Red Sox, 7-2 yesterday. Uh, we have day action as we speak. The Rangers have improved to 7-4 and on the season. You know, this is, again, and, and I haven't dived into the Rangers yet. I've told you all, you know, I'm in basketball mode right now. But, you know, I'll definitely have my eye out on the standings. And, I, you know, I log in a couple baseball games and not. But really after the NBA season, I'll be in depth of watching probably three to four baseball games through the baseball games a night. But I will tell you that uh, – I can't say it more. I mean, right now, you know, coaching and managing in professional sports is at a premium. I mean, this is – and I understand the Rangers have spent a lot of money in the last two off seasons, uh, But, again, you've got a three-time world champion manager in Bruce Bochy at the helm. And they're coming – and it's early. They're out the gate three games above 500. But I'm really eager to dive into the Rangers and see how they're winning because I know what Bruce Bochy ball clubs look like. You know, that time that they had their little dynasty run and out in the Bay with the Giants. They got it popping before Golden State started. Um, yeah, I'm eager to – I'm a big Bruce Bochy fan. That's one of my uh, favorite managers. What do you got? Uh, today at 540, when the Rays take the field again against the Red Sox, they're mm-hmm. chasing – so they're 11-0 right now. Uh, they're chasing 13, lucky number 13, as the record held by the 1982 Atlanta Braves uh, and the 1987 Brewers. Hmm. So, so, the, so the best start today. in MLB history is 13-0. 13-0. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. And you know what? When they, and they're at eleven, that thirteen. If they win, I'd have to see who their next series is. That game thirteen is the one to break. That's going to feel like it's a damn uh, postseason game for pressure wise. Because now that everybody's going to be talking about it, I know everybody down in the Tropicana, Florida area is probably talking about it. They won't drive to the game though. But they'll say, hey, man, the Rays are you going to go? Nah, man, I ain't crossing that bridge. Too much traffic. Well, don't worry but, about it because they're on the road for games thirteen and fourteen in Toronto. Okay. And like I said, their payroll is probably about two fifty, two dollars and fifty cents in baseball terms. They probably got like thirty thousand dollars in payroll. You know, that's just I mean, again, that just shows you, you know, the difference of big payroll and still there's a way to always what do they say? More than one way to skin a cat. All right, switching gears to the National Football League. We've got a few stories out there brewing. Uh first off, uh one of the stories that's coming out uh that came out this morning, more on a uh serious note here. Um you have Louisiana Tech uh Lafayette, excuse me, Louisiana Lafayette, wide receiver Michael Jefferson is injured in a head-on fatal car crash. Um, this is a wide receiver that's probably projected at least probably second round type of talent. 
maybe back end first, but definitely probably tier two second round talent. Now I'm not hearing that. They say fatal. Now he didn't pass, but I guess what the somebody in his passenger or the other the car he hit or uh, the other driver. Wow, mm-hmm. wow. And, you know, being that young and, and you got to understand that, you know, and I don't know the details, what they, you know, if this was just an accident, if weather contributed to this, if there's anything, alcohol, I don't know. But, you know, you got to understand when you're that, can you imagine when you're that age and you are a few weeks from achieving your dream to play in the National Football League? Because this is a kid that's going to get drafted. Okay, haven't seen him play too much, but I've heard his name. He's that's why I know that he's probably going to be at least a second rounder. Um, you know, and you go through, and you're all getting prepared for the draft. You're talking to teams, be talking to teams on the phone, meeting teams that want to talk to you that might be interested if you're around when they pick, and you're working out, staying ready, and just waiting for that day of draft. And then you're involved in this to where you basically are in a wreck that caused another human being their life. I don't care what you made from. Um, that's gonna. That's not something that you're gonna be able to get over that quickly. It, and so my whole point is just again, it's life. Nothing's guaranteed, but it just shows you again how quickly something can change, and the mood can change for him and the whole family. I don't even know all the details in regard to surrounding this accident. But go ahead. Uh, Yahoo Sports reporting that uh, Jefferson is also going to need uh, multiple surgeries. Oh, um, and that's coming from his agent to Adam Schefter. So, so pretty much it's not like he's lucky to be alive. Well, this was a head-on collision. Yeah, uh, the reason why the other driver did not survive was they weren't wearing their seatbelts. Seatbelts important, up, people. Um, but yeah, so he's he's got a process now as we're only weeks away from the NFL draft. Yeah, if he's needing multiple surgeries, that 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 hurts. I, you know. Um, in regards to him now, there's somebody that's lost their life in this, um, which is way more tragic and way more important. Uh, but just from the football side of things, I mean, luckily for him and his family, he's alive. But just from a football standpoint, that's um, – I mean, at this point, football is probably an afterthought for him right now in regards to where his family's at and what he just endured and not knowing what the cause of this wreck, if there's anything involved, I'm pretty sure things will develop as news comes out. But, yeah, football is probably on the furthest thing of his mind and really basically a talent guy that's probably was going to go second round, you know, second day, you know, between second and third mid-round with surge like that, that changes it right there. And pretty much you go from maybe later round, depending on what these multiple surges are, or possibly not even being drafted at all. And that's just how fickle that 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 world is and just life in general. Eight, seven, seven, three, seven, grind. All right. Uh, Sticking to NFL as well, too. Other news today. Devin White, linebacker, former LSU Tiger. Bad man. Um, He's requested a trade from the Bucks. Okay. Um, Now, from what I'm hearing. He has grown flustered and weary of the contract talks and negotiations that have been going on with him and the Bucks for really for the last couple of years, probably post-Super Bowl. Remember, when everybody when you win a Super Bowl, everybody wants to get paid. That's another reason why we haven't seen a back-to-back Super Bowl champion since the Patriots, because everybody wants to get paid. And the way the NFL is structured, you really don't get to keep your team for the most part because they're guys that want to get paid. Okay, let me just set the table for you. 
the Bucks, first of all, the Bucks are so much in bad cap trouble. They can't even trade him before I think July 1st. That's number one. Number two, the Bucks are in cap trouble. And let me tell you another name that you need to look out for that I'm pretty sure that the Bucks are in a situation that they might end up having to release him or kind of trade him, and that's Shaquille Barrett. He's due to make, he's making like 15, I think he's at 15, 18 a year, somewhere around there. They've got, like, they're in cap trouble, man. And that's the thing. And you talk about Devin White. Oh, man. Take him in a heartbeat. He's a stud, man. Guy rides horses and coat ropes cattle. And he knocks people out. And this is the residue that TB12 left. This is the residue that T, uh, TB12 left. Not just the leadership void, because you got you got Todd Bowles. Hey, Baker, he's a hell of a leader. We won't skip a beat. All right, Todd. Todd's like, damn it, here we go. You've seen this movie before, haven't you, Todd? It was in the Big Apple. <laughs> be strong, brother, be strong. Tampa Bay. So you could have Devin, because they can't trade him before July 1st. Because of cap reasons. And most likely they are going to trade. Because they can't really give him you know, a contract. Now, according to Adam, which I don't really, again, Adam's golden, Adam's connected. But according to Adam, he's putting out there that Tampa Bay has no intentions of even trying to think about trading Devin White. But what Adam's not telling you is, and what they're in denial is, like, hey, honey, we're maxed out on credit card. That's okay. I still got a balance left over here. We don't have any more credit. They're in denial that they are cap strong. And you are they are probably going to lose a little bit of talent because of that. And let me tell you something. We see what Carolina has done in the offseason, and we know where they're sitting draft-wise. Okay, We see what the Saints have done. They went out and got Derek Carr. We see where the Saints are at. All right. Atlanta. You know, Atlanta proved a lot of people wrong last year about how competitive they were. Now, Atlanta, I don't look at them as being quite yet ready to compete for the division, but they're going to be better. So my point is, there's a good chance. I think the last time I checked, Tampa Bay's win total is like five and a half games on the season. And I will tell you that the way, if you're talking about Devin White's asking for a trade, I've told you about Shaquille Barrett's probably going to be a casualty because he's due a lot of money. Okay, you're talking about losing some key players. And to me, there's a good chance that Tampa Bay could be drafting for that kid out of USC. They could be holding the number one or two pick in next year's draft. It's going to be tough. You, you're just not going to like just think about Tampa Bay prior to Tom showing up. I mean, yeah, you had the season Jameis Winston threw for like 30 interceptions, but 30 TDs. Like they've had when Bruce showed up there, there was a little culture back to some winning ways a little bit. But for the most part, they were still lost until they went out and got Tom Brady. Now you lose Tom Brady and now you're in cap situation. I mean, you you cashed in. I mean, they are the they're the Rams 1B. OK, they're the Rams 1B. But the reality of it is, is that. They're, they got a Super Bowl out of it. And that's the reason why I understand Ursay, like, why don't you throw Tampa in there too? 
I mean, when you say, well, we don't want to be about the Rams, but you've only been, you know, promising multiple titles for like the last decade since Peyton Manning had the scaffold in his neck. I mean, you, so you can sit there and say, hey, we want to lose this cap. Hey, two for two. They cashed in the Super Bowl. They're going to pay for it. Just like the Rams going to pay for it. I think they're going to pay for it a little bit worse than what the Rams going to pay for it because I think the Rams, you know, like I said, they got Marty from Ozark doing their books. But, they, but they're moving around. But I'm telling you, Tampa Bay, all right, there's going to be a lot of Tampa Bay scouts at USC. USC, we didn't even mean up the fact that Cliff Kingsbury then found himself, you know, in California with the Trojans. Now, they have put out that, hey, look, you know, Lincoln Riley is still going to call the play. He's still going to, okay, that's true. But also what we want to know, and this is the reason why, and this is a page from Nick Saban, and, you know, this is there. There's a couple factors from this. One, everybody knows that Lincoln Riley runs a Mickey Mouse offensive system. It's a lot of options. It's not an NFL pro system. That's why most of his quarterbacks has come out that he sent one after one after one. That's why all them guys in struggle. Because they run a Mickey Mouse system offensively. Cliff Kingsbury, you're going to be able to help him with that. Now, he's got some makeup title, whatever they made up for him, you know. But they made it clear that, you know, Link is still calling the plays. Now, another thing that's tricky about this, because the NFL has a policy. Well, not a policy. It's more of like a team in the ownership. When they fire you, which they let go of Cliff, and they still owed him money. And we know how much he walked away with. You have to actively look for employment. If they feel like you're not acting like, trust me, the, the organization and them really leaned on him getting a job. Even though it's not the NFL level, it's college level because they weren't going to sit there. Where did Cliff say he went to Thailand? Like when he first, after the season, he had a picture, said, I'm in Thailand, and all you see is this chick coming out of this pool with a thong on. And I'm like, all right, Cliff. Like first on draft day, you stunt on the crib you living in a couple years ago during COVID. You stunted on that. All right. Now you're doing this. But at the end of the day, he, they weren't going to let him just sit in Thailand, Thailand and never come back. You got to actively look for a job. That's like the unwritten rule that people don't understand in football. You just can't say, oh, you fired me? I'm just going to sit and do nothing. Okay. But back to the National Football League. Tampa is about to go through it. They're about to go through it. They knew it when they signed up, what they were signing up for a few years ago. But it's knowing it one thing and actually going through it sucks. So at the big old sombrero, as Chris Berman calls it, and the cannons, I'm going to be paying attention to my YouTube ticket pass, which I want to talk about these prices. I want to be paying attention through that and looking to say, oh, where are them seats looking at? Oh, where did all the Tampa Bay go? Where did all them Tampa Bay go? Is the cannons firing off? Hey, but if the prize is Caleb Williams, you know, or the kid from Carolina, and that is the reason why. And, I, you know, I, you know, Sometimes, you know, I'll go on and on about things. I'll hit things over the head all week. But I wanted to take this time, and I'm going to double down, okay? I'm going to double down on my take from yesterday about Carter, the defensive player out of Georgia. 
it's funny to me that because I'm hearing people talk, people that I follow that are connected to like general managers and stuff like that, that have the ears. It's like a lot of GMs, the word on the street that and a lot of people got respect from Mel Kuyper more than Todd McShay. But Todd's been doing it for a minute now. Not like Mel, but Todd has. And these all these Bucky mocks and all this. The word on the street is these mock drafts that are out are way off. And this kind of goes to what I'm saying yesterday. Like everybody's focused. And again, every draft, the quarterback gets all the attention. I get it. And you assume if somebody's moving up from 11 to three or whatever to two, they're taking a quarterback, especially in this year. Not so fast, my friend. People that are moving up, I'm telling you, I'm looking at Tennessee Titans. I gave you my scenario yesterday. And, and and I'm gonna throw and I, and I'm gonna throw a little cur. I'm not gonna say I'm gonna call my shot, but I'm gonna put something out there so I can sit there and say, hey, it didn't shock me because if you look back and go check the episode, I kind of told you the podcast. I'm gonna get to that take and it's regarding the draft and the economy doubling down again on Carter. We'll talk about that and some other doings. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosekis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail, like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients, just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang, always bold, always ready. Go to zingzang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind are you moving around the greater san antonio area choose the storage experts tiger moving and storage whether you're moving an office or the whole family tiger moving and storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient prompt and cost-effective service to learn more and to secure your portable storage container today go to choose tiger.com tiger moving and storage official sponsor of the sports grind All right, back here on the sports grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producers in the one and twos. Today's show was presented by Dosecchi's. Get a dose. We have been broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. In this last segment of the day, is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang. Two words, a key to any perfect cocktail, and that is Zing Zang. Make sure you try out all their pre-made alcoholic drinks. All right, or you can just stick to the original mix and add your own flavored alcohol. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the Sports Crime. Okay. Um, 
Montel's still making money off that song just for the damn spoofs and everybody tries to get him to endorse their product to that. But like sometimes you hit one of those that you can just eat off forever. Brian McMahon. Um, yeah, Brian's got another one. I wonder how much that was a seven figure check for Brian to rewrite a whole thing for Chile. That's when you know. I mean, trust me, it's so competitive in the food business. It's like, you know, to have to go try to eat there, you know, you you have to come up creative. Nothing's really wrong with Chili's, but I haven't had it probably in years. But anyway, all right. So we've got some comments before we touch on a couple of things before we get out of here. We've got some activity on Facebook Live. Let's back up a little bit to we'll read. Let's see what we got. We got Dante checking in and he says, do you think Memphis can handle the role of playing um, the villain in this year's playoffs, especially starting off with the Lakers and what ensued earlier this year? Well, Dante, um, and do you think Memphis can handle? Okay. Well, first of all, um, I think there's really one guy on their team that's taken the villain role, and that's Dylan Brooks. He's the one that said, hey, I'll take LeBron. That'd be interesting. Yeah, give him to us. I mean, be careful what you ask for. But I think this whole tough – I mean, I've been talking about it. You've heard me, Dante, all year talking about this mentality that Memphis has tried to have. And and this is way before the Jai incident at the club with the gun and every – I got a sense that all year they've been trying to think they were going to bully their way through the Western Conference. Okay, and I think a lot of it has to do with karma from, you know, again, I'll go back to Malika Andrews sit down with John Morant when John was there. He's like, hey, give us the teams that you're concerned with in the West. Boston. Oh, well, no, John, they play in the Eastern. Boston. And Malik even and Malik's a professional. Even she had to look like, uh, no going to state. No, we were, that right there set the tone, even the way that they're trying to talk themselves into this. So when you say the villain role. Dante, I, I mean, to me, if there's any villain role for them, they've been playing it all year. You know, this is what the, this is kind of what their DNA um, is trying to be. And, you know, Memphis is you go back to the grindhouse days, the Zach Randolphs, you know, Mark Gasol, you know, Allen, Tony Allen. Those guys, they were tough. It was the grind. That's why it was called the grindhouse. But they never, they didn't talk. You know, they did it with action on the court. They did it with the physicality court. They never tried to talk through the media and through this. And I understand we're in the social media era and all that. But I just think this young Memphis team that doesn't really have, you know, a good mix of veteran leadership. You know, be careful of what you what you're talking about. Now, granted, you know, honestly, they played a lot better without Jaw than I anticipated, and they played a lot better the last couple of weeks of the season uh, than they did the first half. So I will give them that. And I've been telling y'all, Dylan Brooks, he's the one that wanted to make sure he let the organization know when he's down. Speaking of Jaw, speaking of twelve, I can handle it. Make sure y'all don't forget about me and give him my bag. That's what was on Dylan Brooks' mind as well, too, besides Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, and the Golden State Warriors. Also checking in Facebook Live, Gerald Glenn's checking in with us. Devin White to the Commanders. We haven't had a good linebacker since London Fletcher. Um, yeah, London was all right. Gerald, um, he's a Commanders fan. Look, at already bragging for Devin White. Well, let me tell you something. Gerald, jump in line because the team that I have interest in ain't had a good linebacker since Danny Trevathan, the year they won the Super Bowl. Uh, Devin White, if I'm not mistaken, 
I forgot who did they pick that draft, and Devin was on the table. Uh, doesn't Von Miller play linebacker, Cal? He's, no, he's, he's only like been away from Denver rusher. for a nah, few years. Nah, I'm talking about middle linebacker. Devin's a linebacker. Like, Devin, he's a middle Devin's linebacker. Devin's an outside, and Vaughn's Out. an outside. But Devin... You're not going to do your guy Vaughn like that. But he's played more... I'm trying to think. You you threw me a curveball. I'm trying to think how many times has Devin really lined up like on the outside. I see him all the way in the middle, more of like a middle linebacker position. But anyway, tomato, tomato. Look, he's a good. He's a heck of a talent. What are some of the potential? Like, I know Gerald's begging for his commander. Like, look, Gerald, I told you a few weeks back and all the commander fans, the only thing y'all need to be worried about is that transaction going through Bank of America and the Snyder family is selling the commanders. If you happen to compete for a wild card this year, that's gravy. If you happen to win the NFC East, which nobody's won that division two years in a row, by the way, forever, that's gravy. If this man still owns this franchise at the start of September, that's bad. That that just puts a cloud on everything. So put the energy in that because you cannot win in professional sports without an owner or good ownership. I've taught y'all a lot of things, but that's the main thing to make sure you stick in your head. And that'll also make you understand, damn, you know, how did we go through five titles to this in the 2-1-0? <laughs> There's multiple reasons, but that's part of the reason. Okay. But what are some of the landing spots potentially? For Devin White. Because first of all, he's looking for a contract. And I know Anthony is checking in. Anthony Sliz says he wants a $100 million contract. Good luck with that. Now, is that is that Anthony Sliz? Is he is he Tampa, fan, Tampa Bay fan being salty? Or is there a report saying that Devin's looking for a $100 million contract? Well, Jordan Dijani uh, covering this story for CBS Sports. Uh, it says that the market value for Devin White is he says he's in line for a four-year, eighty million dollar deal with an average value, uh, annual value of twenty. So if he's, I mean, if, if that's where you're seeing the market value and he thinks maybe he's inflating that number himself, uh, sure, I could see Devin White asking for a hundred million. I mean, it's a nice round figure. I would have to look at see. If, and if he's looking for anything in the neighborhood of that, then we can really do process elimination or who really has cap space at this point left to go ahead and take on a deal like that or who would be some of his landing spots. Well, again, you're talking about a trade, so you right. are moving assets. Uh, quick comparison, uh, Jordan uh, notes, Roquan Smith of the Ravens, his average is 20. So uh, that's making him the highest, um, That that that's that in territory, you know, okay. in terms of um, performance. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles um, are uh, one of I don't I don't think that Gerald wants to see uh, Devin land in division, but uh, he's one of those uh, or the the Eagles are one of those teams that yeah. think that they could, rich could get richer exactly yeah. take care of that. Um, Houston, you know they've got talent across the board, a lot of young pieces, mm-hmm. and it's crazy. That's a nice segue uh, that I wanted to kind of touch on. Uh, before I got out of here um, in regards to what we were talking about before we went to break. Did you have another one you well, to Well, quick, two other teams uh-huh. here. Uh, Minnesota and Buffalo are the other two. So he gave four teams that he could land at. Uh, those are your four. Buffalo, Minnesota, Houston, and Philly. 
I don't see how Buffalo could make it work or where that would put them in the position in regards to contract with which they got. You got to look at how much money they gave Von Miller. I mean, it didn't work out that way. I don't see Buffalo going that route two years in a row because, um, one, it's buyer's remorse. I mean, I mean, I love Von. He's a future Hall of Famer, but he wasn't there uh, when they needed him due to injury um, and what they brought him in for. So I don't think Buffalo would go down that route twice with not that kind of money. And like you said, similar to the same position. Um, Philly. And, and now that brings me to who was the other one you was after after uh, Minnesota, Minnesota. The one you're missing there. I mean, they they like, need they, a they lot of help go. on defense. They need a lot of help on defense. I mean, they hired. Um, they need a lot of help on defense. And, you know, I thought Denver's former coordinator went to Minnesota. He didn't go to Minnesota. He went to Carolina. I, Because I, I, I said that, correct myself, I think I said that a few weeks back, and I had that wrong. He went to Carolina. So I don't even know who Minnesota hired as their defensive coordinator. But they need help. That were just dismal. And, see, you let a guy – was it Hendricks? You, you let a guy go because of money, cap-wise money. And you're going to play that game to go out and get a Devin White, which would definitely be an upgrade. I don't know about that. I think Minnesota is really trying to focus. They've got to get the defense better. But they're another one that don't be surprised if they make a quarterback move in this draft as well, too. Um, because it's obviously that to me, I mean, Kirk can be serviceable, but Kirk's leading on Jesus in Minnesota. Okay. Um, I would put that out there with Minnesota, maybe thinking to address the quarterback situation sometime this draft or at least get somebody else in there. But this got me thinking about where I want to double down on my Carter Tate. He's the best defensive player in the draft. And it amazes to me that all these rumors about, you know, Arizona filling calls uh, for the three spot. You know, these teams moving to Tennessee might be interested in moving up to 11 or whatever. We went from... People feeling like the experts that do this, feeling like there is not a you can't miss guy in this draft, which I do believe borderline the closest one is Bryce Young. Because the only thing, if Bryce Young was 6'2 or 6'3 and probably had about, I don't know, 20 more pounds of muscle on him, Justin Field be playing somewhere else. Chicago be taking young and be punt and getting a ransom for Justin Fields. So to me, he's the best in this class. I mean, we'll see how the career plays out. But I'm going to tell you this. If we've gone from there's not a for sure guy. You There's no Andrew Luck. There's no Peyton Manning in this draft. To now, all of a sudden, everybody that's moving up for sure is clamoring for quarterback one, two, three, four. I'm going to tell you this right now. Watch out. I'm not calling the shot. Remember who's coaching in Houston. Remember where he came from. He is a defensive-minded coach. He's basically bread and butter. Everybody assumes that the Texans are 1,000% going to go for a quarterback at two. Carter is a generational talent. D'Amico Ryans is a defensive-minded guy. And basically bringing on the staff from the 49ers. Okay, this ain't out there. I'm putting this out there. Okay, but they basically have brought people up for nights where you look at it like, hey, first of all, the Texans still owe Cleveland's pick next year in the first round. Oh, and by the way, if I'm not mistaken, they got a 12th pick in this year's draft. 
Now look at that. There are the number two and the number 12. Don't think twice that D'Amico Ryan's and the Texans can't take Carter at two and get their quarterback at 12 or address it later. Go with Mills, get a veteran, do whatever. Maybe pick up the phone at that time and say, hey, John Lynch, remember me? You know, Trey, you know, y'all got time. What are you on for Trey? Watch out for that. Because I believe if Tennessee moves up, I don't think it's for a quarterback. I, I gave you the scenarios yesterday. Go listen to the podcast. It could be for Carter. Seattle. Does a Carter leak past Seattle? Because everybody's focused on Richardson. And for all we know, Richardson, which I think he's got a lot of upside, he could be falling to later rounds, the second round. The Raiders. Everybody, Raiders picked up the phone call. And I'm going to tell you this. I understand that they looked, they interviewed Anthony Rich. They did all that. The Raiders, if they picked up the phone call, to call the Arizona Cardinals to try to move to three, it's for Carter. It's for a defensive player. I'm gonna love when I'm right about this. When when I because first of all, he's the he's the first defensive player going, and I don't care leaving the scene, maybe character issues. Yeah, some people bumped him down their board. Carter is not falling past. I, he ain't falling past seven. And there's going to be a monkey. Can you imagine the monkey wrench that's thrown at the Texans and D'Amico Ryans take Carter at two? Because they're going to wait to get their Carter back at 12. Now, what does that what does that do? Now, I'm not trying to let him off the hook, but maybe Ballard, maybe Indy, something like, well, why are we moving up for four? Because first of all, people got us going to Levitt, so we go. But why are we moving when technically maybe that we, we still got this guy Carter? Some people draft by best player available. Remember. D'Amico got a six-year contract. You would like to think in this draft they're going to get their quarterback for the future, but it ain't, it ain't, it's, it's not a must. Not when you got the 12th pick and the third pick and you still owe Cleveland's pick next year. Just want to put that out there. People, are, I, I really think that, I, I don't know, and again, they won the national championship, speaking of Georgia. but So I can't say like, hey, nobody paid attention to Carter. I, I'm not going to go there. There's a lot of people who know about Carter. But it's funny to me because people think that because of this, and I'm not saying that this was a minor incident that happened. I mean, obviously, somebody lost their life. He left the scene, whatever. But if you really think with guys, I don't give a damn what the mock drafts are saying. If you really think a guy that has a seven-figure job, that has a kid that he has to put through college in this economy, okay, mortgages at an all-time high, do you really think that they're going to worry about him leaving the scene? No. If they team needs defense, they're going to take him. It's just crazy how we went from, oh, ain't nobody in this draft that's a must-can't, must-miss, so we don't know. You know, we think it's young. We think Stroud. And all of a sudden, as we get close to draft, hey, man, all these teams are moving up because quarterbacks can go one, two, three, four, which hasn't happened since, you know, the merger, whatever. People sleeping on Carter, man. And I believe there's going to be a lot of misinformation. Well, I think he's got characters. They're trying to get. He's the best, not defensive player. He's It's like, look, him and Young are the two best players in the draft. They are. I think there's an offensive lineman that you've heard me talk about the tight ends, the kid from Notre Dame, the kid from uh, Utah. There's another one I'm missing. Yeah, there's talent. But I, if you basically go poll GMs, they'll tell you the two best players in this draft. Not necessarily they're going to have the best careers, Not the, but the you know Richardson people say that's a free cap. That's the most upside. The two best players in this draft, man, is Bryce Young 
and Carter, period. And they could be going one and two or one and three. And because I believe Carolina, they said it's down. Carolina's taking Bryce Young. People think because of Frank Wright that they're going to go Stroud or they're going to go Levitz. Carolina's taking Bryce Young. He fits. I've seen him talk more than now than it did in Alabama, especially on the payment. He is a franchise. That's a guy that you can sit there and say, we got to give him how much? Okay, because he's going he's gonna to carry our franchise with honor. He's a good guy, man. Never met him, but he's not been in the trouble. He's easily coached. Carolina's taking Bryce, period. I, I've been waiting to feel to see all this. After seeing it and looking at it, that's just what it is. They, I'd be shocked that they don't take him at one. The size is the size, man. He's been his size. And if I hear the sheriff, A.K. Peyton Manning, say, look, he's been playing at this size the whole game. It ain't like he's showing up the NFL like, hey, all of a sudden, man, you shrunk three inches. No, man. And let me tell you something. Manning just don't invite anybody to their camps. Go look at the list. Josh Allen, Manning camp. Jalen Hurts, Manning camp for draft, teaching the kids. The list goes on. Hibbert. Manning camp. So that's what I feel on that. Also, what else did I want to touch? I think that hit everything. Um, hey, off-season conditioning. Russ Wilson. Remember this time last year? Oh, look at that Subway commercial. Look at Les Ride. None of it. First guy. Sonny even cracked in Colorado. First guy in the door. Conditioning program. And I've seen pictures of Russ surface. I told y'all five months ago I was going to look for the cheeks. They didn't shrunk a little bit. Okay. First one in conditioning. Just want to put that out there. All right, man. That is a wrap for today. Special thanks to the producer of the show, Mr. Jonas Clark, San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, people up in Lubbock, people up in Tyler, people in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning for you at the snooze button before you're out the rack, just ask yourself. You grinding. Peace. See you tomorrow. When life sounds too much like this, it's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits and world-class wine to chips, dips and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. 
Now is the perfect time to get to specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here.